0: The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Well, happy Easter, church. This morning, I got treats from the Easter Bunny, and let me tell you, I was excited. Something about digging through fake grass for candy makes it way better than buying it at the grocery store. To me, that's the mystery of Easter. And let me ask you, does anyone like Cadbury cream eggs? I do not. The texture just really gets to me. All kidding aside, today is the traditional second Sunday of Easter. We are living in the resurrected life. New creation is our now reality. Easter is a season or even a state of mind as much as it is a holiday. Can I get an amen? The problem is that the characters in our text today don't know yet that they're living the resurrected life. Jesus has not appeared to the disciples since his gruesome death. The crucifixion is the first and only thing on the minds of the apostles where we find them in our text today. The hope of Jesus the Messiah has fizzled out like 5th of July fireworks. The apostles are together, but the sense of commonality and unity that they had during Jesus' life is in peril. This is where we find the apostles at the beginning of our text. I'm going to reread a few of the verses Brett just read. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came, so the other disciples told him, "We have seen the Lord." But he said to them, "Unless I see the mark of the nails in His hands, but my finger in the, na- in the holes where the nails were and my hand in his side, I will not believe." Here we see the apostles, surprised, overjoyed, and blessed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the new creation, but Thomas, known as the twin, is not so fortunate. One cannot be so left out as Thomas was when he missed his best friend and teacher. The feeling of exclusion must have been unbearable, not to mention the state Thomas has been in. Thomas has encountered the death of Jesus, the death of the one who is going to make all things well. Thomas may be doubting, but he is first and foremost grieving. Grieving Thomas is relatable. In fact, many believe that the reason the text is so clear about him being a twin is that he mirrors the church. Thomas' reactions are our reactions. And as we explored during Lent, times are not always good. Times are difficult. When we find ourselves indicted by old, dismembered, uncreation. we are sentenced to the kinds of doubt and grief seen here in Thomas. Thomas is incredulous, His faith is weak in this painful time, but who among us hasn't reacted like Thomas in a situation of struggle and pain? So we are the other twin, but what is our encounter with death? What is it that keeps the church from faith? I'm thinking of trauma. Some of us have been forgotten or worse by those whom we love. Some of us have even been abused by those whom we love. And we walk around day to day to day in the uncreation of trauma and pain. This uncreation of trauma only makes us bitter. Trauma is the poisonous flower from which blooms hatred. Faithfulness feels far away in the place of trauma and hurt. In our trauma, we reflect Thomas' doubt. For some, sin is the snare of faithlessness, of incredulity. We wrap ourselves up tight in blankets of shame, shame in our wrongdoings. Our iniquities distance us from the one who only longs to be near We become our own cruel judge and jury when we focus on our sins and so damn our faith. The uncreation of sin can overwhelm in us any hope of new creation and choke out any relationship with our Heavenly Father. In our sins, we reflect Thomas' doubt. For still others, loss controls our faith life. God wants to bear our sins and griefs, but instead we choose to short-circuit our own salvation. We allow our losses to break our souls. Our griefs are too much to bear. Some of us grieve the loss of status. I was the boss. I was young. I was strong. I was financially secure. I was happy. I have lost my status. Some of us grieve location. I was home, now I'm not. I was in a nice neighborhood in a good school district. I was in college. I was in my place of comfort. I have lost my location. We grieve severed relationships. I had my grandmother. I had my best friend. I had my community. I had my spouse. I have lost my relationship. In our grief, we reflect Thomas's doubt. And this is where we find our twin Thomas. He has lost a defining relationship and now struggles to find his faith. Thomas is in the darkness we all have found ourselves in, whether that darkness was trauma or sin or grief. But we are not here today to reflect Thomas. We are here today to reflect Jesus. We are not here to find uncreation, but to live in new creation. Let's return to the gospel this time, starting in verse 21. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. And he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house. Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand, put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Jesus' actions are embodiments of the good news, of the coming new creation. First we see Jesus breathe on his disciples. Jesus is hearkening back to Genesis. God breathed himself into humanity and so Jesus breathed himself into the apostles. John is revealing the era of the Holy Spirit. Jesus' simple breath is the mighty undoing of the uncreation. The Holy Spirit has made new creation possible. The connection we have to Jesus does not stop with the Holy Spirit, but it runs deeper even within our own humanity. After breathing on them, Jesus came to Thomas, not to harshly teach Thomas a lesson, not to embarrass his longtime friend and disciple, but to humbly offer himself. I dare say this is the most perfect example of, in the gospel of Jesus exercising his full humanity and his full divinity in the same moment. God wants relationship with us, but not only as God to creation, he wants to meet us in our brokenness as Jesus did with his broken body for Thomas. This moment of absolute humanity and absolute divinity is one of the most beautiful moments in history. And Thomas fully recognizes this. Thomas moves from incredulous to incredible. From doubting Thomas, we hear the boldest and most certain claim of the identity of Jesus my Lord and my God. Thomas sees the beauty of new creation and he calls it by name. May we be as courageous as doubting Thomas. And we have that opportunity. Even Thomas, who followed Jesus for years, completely lost his faith. None of us has had the experiences that Thomas did, and yet here we are. No matter how great or long-lived your faith is, doubts may still arise. This is real. However, Thomas came back and knew Jesus as well as anyone. No matter where you go, your faith may hold you to Jesus. No matter how far you go, your faith may hold you to Him. The new creation is always available. God wants you. God wants us to have relationship through faith with him. The text wraps up with Jesus' blessing of you and I. We have not seen, yet here we are, searching for God's new creation in this community, in our worship. New creation is new life. I want to tell you the story of of a, a great example of this. Henry Nouwen embodied the grateful life of new creation. Henry was a priest who served in a church. Then he went on, got his Ph.D. in theology, and taught successively at Notre Dame, at Yale, and then at Harvard. But Henry reached an interesting point in his academic career. At the pinnacle of academic success, he gave up his professorship at Harvard, and went to live in a society for those who were disadvantaged. He went from teaching the brightest minds in the world to serving the lowliest people he could find. Henry Nouwen reached out to the disabled, those that he saw as needing relationship and care. His passion for new creation took him from the glory of academia to the selflessness and modesty of being a caregiver for a disabled person. Will you be willing to make the same decision when the time comes? Jesus reached out to Thomas, Henry reached out to people with disabilities, and it is our turn to reach out. Maybe you've seen the protests going on in the state capitol. Most of us have probably been affected by them somehow. The state of affairs is that there are thousands of kids that need somewhere to be during the day while the teachers and the state legislature work things out. Maybe you can reach out, as Jesus did, by giving some kids a place to be while their parents go to work. Maybe you can reach out by offering time to visit the sick in the hospital. People in the hospital are often alone and in one of the hardest seasons of their lives. Reaching out and offering yourself in humility to those who are hospital or homebound is embodiment of resurrection grace. Our God wants to break through to you and to me His new creation is saturated with His grace, and we are invited to shed our uncreation habits to join Him there. Faith has been made available to all persons in all places, in all times, with no loss of efficacy due to distance from Jesus of Nazareth. When we are ruminating on our sins, our traumas, our griefs, may we instead take up the easy yoke of Jesus. He offers himself in the form of the Holy Spirit, and that is today's yet unfinished gospel story. No matter the sin, no matter the trauma, no matter the loss, God is reaching out to you through the most beautiful event in history the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the revolution of the Holy Spirit. Will you receive him? Will you pursue new creation through the resurrection grace of Jesus Christ?